0: Hey there, so thank you so much for joining me today. Let's acknowledge Jesus because he said that when we gathered in his name, he would be here in the midst of us. Isn't that exciting? Jesus is going to be here when we start gathering and we're gathering and we got his word before us and he's going to teach us today. Jesus, thank you so much that you want to be where we are and that you want to teach us your way and how to receive from you your promises in the word of God. We thank you that you are your word, and we can look to you anytime. We thank you that when you come and live on the inside of us, we can call on you anytime, day or night. You're so good to us. Just Thank you and praise you for teaching us today. We give you all the glory in your name. Amen. In your name we pray. He is so good, so good to us, and today he was talking to me, you know, we've been talking about his return, and. And Revelation tells us that we need correction. He said he corrects those that he loves. And he told me, the word he gave me is the hour of Jesus has come. The hour of testing has come. That's what he said it meant. And this was audible. And then he said, two days later, a greater, a great hour of testing is at hand. I'm frustrated. Obey me you know, as the days go on, I get more and more revelation of this. And that's how it is with God. We can't understand his way. His way is higher than our way. And as we go, as we walk with him, we get more and more revelation. And so he was talking about, um, we were talking about yesterday, Mm -hmm. that he's coming. I heard when I woke up yesterday, the king is coming, the king is coming, the king is coming. And I was editing that video and I saw myself, you know, we were talking about how he shows us our faults and he lays everything naked. And we want to get that now, not on that day that he comes. We don't want to be corrected that day. And so I was listening to myself say um, some selfish things like, I didn't want him to come yet because I hadn't had my assignments finished. And I thought, wow, it's still about me. I have been working to make it about others. And it's still about me. I'm still worried about me. And then Jesus started talking to me and showing me that, you know, what, what about all the suffering that's going on in the world? And even how we're stopping that, You know, we go to God and say, why are you allowing this? And he's saying, you guys are, right? He gave us all authority. He gave us a directive when he left. He said, If you believe in me, he said, I solemnly, most, um, I, I, I assure you, I most solemnly tell you anyone who steadfastly believes in me, he himself will do the things that I do and he will do even greater things because now I'm going to the Father. He left us in charge. He said, I've given you all power and authority. And and he said, really what he's saying is prepare the way for me and we're not. We're not. We're not anxious about it. We were talking about that yesterday. He's saying, get anxious about it. Get excited about it. Think about it. Expect it. Have an expectancy. That's what he was saying. That's why when I heard it was, the king is coming, the king is coming, the king is coming. And how we're not ready. And he's calling us to be ready, to prepare the way for him. And as we procrastinate, as we lollygag in this thing, you know, as I'm thinking about me and I don't wanna do it and I'm too shy and I have all these excuses, then I forget about it and I start serving my flesh again. This probably sounds like you as well. It's not just me, I'm just being transparent with you. Meanwhile, all these babies are suffering. The animals are suffering. People are suffering because we as Christians are not doing our part. We're trying to be quiet. We're trying not to offend anybody. We're trying to just be this quiet Christian that sits in the back row. It reminds me of, and it is, it's so about us. It's so about me. And I don't want it to be, but it reminds me of When I'd go to church, he'd always want me to speak out, to give a word. I'm giving you a word now. That's my calling. I'm supposed to do that. But at the time, um, I just wanted, I said, Lord, why can't I just sit in the back and be quiet like everyone else? And he said, then why come? Then why go? Then why go to church? Because that is my calling. And that woke me up. But not enough. I'm still about myself too much. I still am. I'm editing the video and I'm like, well, I hope he doesn't come yet because I got so much to do and I don't have enough time to do it. And then all of a sudden I'm thinking about, I saw a picture the other day of a little girl that was all beat up. She was molested and she was beat up and she didn't look more than four or five years old. And who am I to worry about me? Why am I thinking about me? Why are we thinking about us? And you're thinking their problem is... You know, it's not my problem. I can't do anything about it. But you know, Jesus is saying we can do something about it. And first, Galatians six two says bear one another's burdens and troublesome moral fault, faults, and in this way fulfill and observe perfectly the law of Christ the Messiah, and complete what is lacking in your obedience to it. So you know that thing I hear people say. Well, there it's their problem. It's not my problem. You know, like maybe whose little girl is it? How did she get in that situation? You know, you can dig deep and and try to analyze it. But that's not the point. That's not the point. Just like the man that was born blind, that's not the point. Glory needs to be given to God. Glory to the Father. We're to be doing his work. And really, frankly, if we were, he'd be here ready. That's what I feel like he's saying. If we were doing his work, if we were doing our part, if we weren't just sitting on the pew and then being selfish the rest of the week, if we were actually doing his greater work, then he would already be here and the suffering would stop. The suffering is going on because we really don't care. We don't do law number two. We don't do law number one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Care about what he cares about. I am judging myself right now. I am not pointing a finger at you. I'm pointing a finger at all of us because I was given the revelation knowledge. I believe that he is in here. That dream isn't fulfilled in your life because we don't have faith for it. We're not doing it. He said it. He can't change what he said. And I believe he's saying that his return is so long. It's so long and I don't get it all. There's probably more to it than that. Like I said, I get a little bit of revelation every day. I don't get it all, but part of the reason he's frustrated is because we're not doing it. We're not preparing the way for him. We're not ready. We're thinking about ourselves and other stuff. And then we see, you know, something that someone went through and we turn the page. I can't do anything about that. Yes, you can. You can get on your knees and you can pray. And maybe you would be that child's very answer. Are you the very answer for this, that, or the other thing? You know, I didn't want to do what I was doing because nobody wants to hear it. Nobody believed me that I could hear God. And I have all these excuses. And by me holding back, I'm holding back my part of that big puzzle. He showed me a puzzle that he has and how all the people fit into that puzzle. He's on a quest. And we as his disciples are a part of that. We all have a part to do. And so whatever your part is, get on your knees and find out. Prepare the way for him is what he's saying. He's saying that. He's saying, anticipate my coming. Yeah, the excitement of standing before him and being right before him. But you know what? What did Jesus say? On that day, I might say to you, away from me, I never knew you. In James, we're told we break one law, we break them all. So if we're breaking this law, law, if we don't carry one another's burdens, aren't we breaking a law? No wonder he's not here. I think we're all doomed. And we got to get it together. And my part is to encourage you, to give you a vision for eternity and me too. <laughs> I need a vision for eternity. I need to stop living for me. I, I need to stop thinking about me. I need to start thinking about those people that are suffering. We need to shorten up this time. I believe God is saying that. He said, I'm going to go. Now you do this. You're going to do what I was doing and even greater things. And we're not doing that. We're just living this mundane life, keeping up with the Joneses. Like Jesus said, Running around like the heathen, worrying about what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? We see someone suffering, we turn away. I told you the story of how God set me up to show me myself. I went to get gas, and I wasn't planning to do my errands at night, and he asked me to go. I ran into a homeless man. I didn't like him. He was scary. And I know now that the look on his face was, I need help. Would you help me? Why do you have a car and I don't have a car? And I was thinking about me. You're too scary. I was going to help you, but now you're scaring me. And I know why I was scared. I I had kind of a rough upbringing, a physically rough upbringing now and then. So I just stay away from people that I think are going to hurt me physically or emotionally. And I black them out. And God is saying, he needed Jesus. I already healed you. You're good. You're a disciple. And he needed Jesus. And you turned away from him. It's so much easier to grab a little baby and help a little baby. But how easy is it to reach out to somebody who may be grubby and dirty and and not very nice and giving you the most evil look ever? People are reaching out to us, and we're turning them away. We're calling ourselves Christians, but we don't act like Christians. And on that day, I think many of us, Jesus is going to say, I didn't know you. You didn't care about what I cared about. You didn't love your neighbor as yourself. You loved yourself. You took care of yourself. You took care of your family. God said that to me a while back. First, someone else said it to me. And you know, I, I guess when people say things to me, I think about it, and I was thinking about it. I'm always examining myself because I never had very much confidence in myself, so I never believed what I thought to begin with, so it's pretty easy for me believe what someone else thinks. But now I, I I think only what Jesus thinks, although I will consider what someone says to me. And God confirmed what that person said. And God said you need to care for others besides your immediate family. You only care for your family, your your blood family. You don't care about what I care about. You don't care about all my children. And I needed to change that. And he's been changing that and of course I'm agreeing and saying, yeah, I need to do that. And I sure don't feel it. And I don't know how I'm going to do it by myself. So I just believe you're, you're going to do it in me. And he did. And he's still doing it. As you can tell, I'm being transparent with you. Because I was thinking about me getting my stuff done. And if I was thinking about others, I'd be getting my stuff done. We, we can't see ourselves until he shows us. And he says that in Revelation. Let me put some salve on your eyes. Let me refine you. And in order for him to come, we have to do that. And and I believe he's saying we're a major part of the setback of why he is not here. We're thinking God's going to do something. We're like, God, do something, do something, do something. God, do something. Heal our land. And he's saying, if you would humble yourself before me and find out your part. You know, Paul, he said, I asked the Lord three times to get this thorn out of my side. We do the same thing. And what did God say? My grace is sufficient for you. And yet people turn it around and say, God said he needs to suffer that. When the Bible doesn't say that at all. Jesus suffered for us. He bore sickness or disease or sorrow or pain, so we didn't have to. But what he was saying to Paul is, you do it. I've given you power and authority on the earth. You tell Satan where to go, (laughs) literally, literally. You tell him what to do. You stop letting him control you. Take authority. Talk to the mountain. That's what the Bible says. Read the Bible. If you think I'm crazy, read the Bible. Check it out. I'm going to get bold. I'm getting bolder because I don't want those kids to suffer anymore. I don't want the animals to suffer. Look what the evil Satan is just taking over and we're letting him. That's what God is saying to me. Get your mind off yourself and you won't even have to worry about yourself. And you won't be wondering when I'm coming in and why all this stuff is going on. It's going on because you're allowing Satan to rule and reign on the earth when Jesus gave us power and authority to rule and reign on the earth. Come on. He's saying, wake up. We're the church. We're to be doing what Jesus did. Jesus said, I'm going to the Father now. You're going to do what I was doing. And we got to do that part. He's not going to change his mind. He said, you do it. You do what I was doing. I'll empower you. I'm going to come. um, If you believe, I'm going to empower you. The Holy Spirit's going to come, and he's going to empower you to do that greater work that I'm calling you to do. I'm on the inside of you. He was just recalling to my memory. I was in church, and he told me to to call the people up to be healed, and I saw him flash through me. It was like him and me. It was like a translucent kind of thing and, and kind of back and forth. And I was, like, freaking out. He made it really real to me. He lives in us. I saw a sign the other day, a huge sign in someone's house, and said, Jesus lives. Jesus is alive, and he does. He lives in us, and we need to get him out there. We need to do his work. We need to say his word. We need to stop letting Satan take authority. You know, this virus thing is Satan taking over the earth. He's taking over. And he's got everybody afraid, and we should be in faith. What are we afraid of? We have God on the inside of us, his power on the inside of us, and we're walking around in fear, locking ourselves up in the house, saying we're afraid of something we can't even see. And, you know, why are we even afraid of death? Where are we going to go? And God doesn't even, he doesn't want us to come and be with him in heaven yet. He wants us to work for him. He wants us to do the work. And I don't even know if we're going to make it to heaven. It's just very few are on that narrow path squeezing through that gate. It's going to be me. I'm going to squeeze through that gate. And if you want to, then you got to start preparing for his return. Oh, the more revelation I get, the more excited I get. we got to prepare for his return. We're going to make his return happen. I'm not saying I know it all or, you know, he might just still not show up. I'm just saying I think if he shows up, I I mean, I'm just saying, I don't know. I really don't know. But I feel like that's what he's telling me today, that we're responsible, that it's taking him so long because we're not doing it. And yeah, whenever he decides, he's going to come. And what I'm saying is if he shows up and we're not ready, we're in trouble. And that can happen. But I think what he's saying he wants to happen is we do our part, that greater work. He's calling us to do his work. And if we don't do it, we broke his law. I bet you're thinking, and I used to think that, well, that's for the preacher. That's for someone else. I can't do that great work. No one said you could, but Jesus would do it in you. The Holy Spirit lives in you. That's who does it. And you don't have to be, you don't have to have gone to school or anything else. Jesus said, if you believe in him, If you believe, I assure you, most solemnly, I tell you, if anyone steadfastly believes in me, he didn't say, if you went to school, he didn't say, if you're 45, he said, whoever believes in me, no qualifications other than believing in him, then you're going to do what he was doing and you're going to be preparing the way. He said, go into all the earth, make disciples of men. And you're going to go into all the earth and you're going to do what i was doing and then i'm going to come and how long is it taking us to do what he's doing there's only a handful of people doing it compared to all the people there are on the earth and people are suffering because we won't do it because we don't think we're qualified because we're too worried about what i'm going to eat what i'm going to drink and what i'm going to wear where i'm going to go to school what i'm going to be when i grow up and none of that is any of our business because Jesus said the Father already knows what you need and he's going to take care of you but to seek his way of doing and being right and then all those things you need will be added onto you he's going to provide for you you're going to do his work and he's going to take care of you he says that to me all the time I'm asking him for stuff like we do I'm asking when is this going to happen when is that going to happen he said you take care of my stuff I'll take care of your stuff When my son was born, he said, as you learn to live your life my way, your son will be healed. We got to get on the same page as God. We got to get on that narrow path. And then all those things we're running after are just going to be added unto us. What a good message. How exciting to get more and more revelation knowledge. Let's prepare the way for him. He's frustrated. I heard that audibly. You know, maybe you don't believe me then. You know what you should do if you don't believe me? go to him yourself, which is a better idea. Don't believe man. Don't believe me. Get on your face. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. So if you're his sheep and you're going to heaven, then you should be able to hear his voice. And then he said, they'll follow me and I will give them eternal life. And so don't follow my voice. And don't worry about believing me or not. I'm just telling you what he said to me and what he said to me audibly. And he keeps telling me he's coming and he wants me to prepare your ears to hear that he's coming. If you have ears to hear, listen. That's what he's saying. So he said, I'm going to read it again, the hour of Jesus has come. And I asked what that meant. The Holy Spirit said, in fact, what does that mean, Lord? The hour of testing has come. Two days later, a great hour of testing is at hand. I'm frustrated. Obey me. Two seconds after that, I'm frustrated. Obey me. He was talking to me. He was saying, come on. I need you to tell the people. Come on. Do what I called you to do. And I'm saying, I don't want to. And I'm afraid I'm not going to make it. And, you know, i this listened before before he said all that, I was feeling bad for myself and thinking I was going to make it because I didn't do this and I didn't do that. You know what he's saying? He's saying, just tell them. (laughs) Just tell them what I told you. Just tell what you know. I'm giving you revelation knowledge and I'm telling you to tell them. So I'm telling you, that's my part. And your part is to have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. And you might have to get on your knees and find out what God is saying to you. And if you don't believe me, that's fine. But believe what you hear him telling you. And don't listen to the enemy because he's going to tell you opposed to the word of God. He's not going to tell you truth. He's going to lie to you. He's going to take the word and twist it because he's evil. He's twisted. He doesn't, Jesus said, he doesn't have any truth in him. And he, Jesus said in Mark 4, he warned you. He warned us. He said, if you don't understand this one principle... Mark 4, 13 through 15, you won't understand anything. As soon as you hear the word of God, the enemy is going to come and try to take it from you. And why the word? Because God is his word. John 1, 1, he is his word. So he's going to come and try to take God from you. And he uses the distractions, the lust of the flesh, worry, care, anything to distract you from God. Because we're to be caring about what he cares about, and he cares about his children, and people are suffering, animals are suffering, animals are really suffering as well. I mean, if you, I, I saw a video of a cow being pushed around by a forklift. Come on, how evil is that? Besides all the evil of just killing babies right on the table, we're allowing that. We got to get on our knees and find out our part and all come together and be the church that God called us to be. Do your part, get on your knees, find out what it is. I don't know what it is. I don't know your part. I'm a man. I don't know, I'm not God. I just know I'm supposed to give you this message for you to get on your knees, for you to hear the voice of the spirit and be willing to go and do his work. Do that greater work and stop letting the devil tell you You're not good enough. You can't do it. That's for the preacher. God doesn't talk anymore. She's crazy. Open the word for yourself and get crazy with me. It's true. God is talking to his people today. And fear is taking over God's people. And we as Christians are watching it happen. What's your part? What's your part? Find out. I'm going to do everything he tells me to do. Just like Mary said, right? She told everybody around Jesus, just do whatever he tells you to do. He's the son of God. He's Jesus. And he's coming. And he said he's coming for a church without spot or wrinkle. So that means we have no more excuses. We can't say, well, you know, he's still working on me. Well, come on, let's get done. Let's get done. People are suffering. Babies are suffering. Animals are suffering. We're suffering. We need Jesus. Jesus. And if we got ourselves off our mind, as I said a couple times already, we could get on that road and get to where we need to be. Do what he's telling you to do and skip the excuses. No excuses. Jesus said, I'm the vine, Father's vine dresser. You're the branches. So I'm going to get the dead off you. And the more time you give him, the faster that can happen. And the more you do it, the faster you grow up and be mature, then the faster he's going to come. That's what I believe he's saying. And I don't understand it all. I'm just telling you what I think he's saying. And um, and I've heard it more than once. And then we can get on with a new heaven and a new earth. Let's. Let, he's separating. He told me that a month in January. He's doing a division. Who's going to obey him? And that's what he was saying here. And who's not? He's separating. And so now's the time to obey him so you're separated to the right part, to the, to the place where he's going to call you home. You don't want to be separated because you don't think much of yourself. You know, how often do we believe the enemy more than we believe God, you know, telling us you can't, you're not good enough, you're not qualified, God doesn't love you, this, that, and the other thing, and we believe him. And yeah, you don't gotta even get on your knees to hear him. But if you would take that time and that effort, that's your part, to get on your knees and hear God, hear that still small voice, and let him build you up and love you. Don't forbid him to love you. Let him build you up and love you and fill you with his spirit and send you off. And you know, if you're thinking, oh, it was just 12, read Luke 10. He sent. 70 some out two by two. And he wants to send us all out. He said, whoever believes would do that greater work. So let's believe, get on your knees every day, believe what he said and know he's coming. And if you break one law, you broke all the law. And Jesus is going to say, I didn't know you. Right. And it makes sense. You rejected him. He said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. If you do, you're going to care about what he cares about. And if you care about what he cares about, you're not going to be first. It's going to be others. You're going to care about those aborted babies. You're going to care about um, those poor children, the women, even the boys that are being raped. You're going to care. And God's going to tell you your part to do. And if we all do our part, as I said... When we all come together and do our part, we're going to be that glorious church without spot or wrinkle. It's not about the building. It's not about sitting on the pew. It's about getting on your knees and finding out what you're supposed to do, what your assignment is. If you've never asked Jesus, come live on the inside of you. Revelation 3.20 tells us that um, Jesus is already knocking at the door of our heart. And if we invite him in then he will come in and he will dine with us i want to read it to you and i want to read verse 19 again those who i dearly and tenderly love i tell their faults and convict and convince and reprove and chase and he's that's what he's doing i discipline and instruct them so be enthusiastic and earnest and burning with zeal and repent changing your mind in your attitude let's do that Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears and heeds, listens to my voice and opens the door, I will come in. I will come in to him and will eat with him, and he will eat with me. And then he said, He, overcom- he who overcomes, who is victorious, I'll grant him to sit beside me on my throne as myself overcame, as I was victorious and sat down beside my father at his throne. He who is able to hear, let him listen to and take heed what the Holy Spirit is saying to the churches. It's an amplified classic Bible. And so if you've never asked Jesus come and live on the inside of you and you want to agree with him, if you want that relationship with him, um, <clears throat> we're going to pray that right now. And if you mean it, he's going to come. He's going to live on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit's going to come. He's going to be your counselor, your standby. He's going to tell you things to come. He's going to remind you of the things Jesus said. You have his power in you to do the work that you're called to do. Jesus, living on the inside of you. Let's ask him. Jesus, we ask you to just, we want to answer that knock. Ask you to come in and fill us with your spirit to overflowing. We thank you for the gift of the spirit and and for even our new language. We thank you and praise you, Lord, that you would just fill us and send us out. Show us where you want us to go. Help us to help you to get this over with. Help us to be that vessel that you're calling us to be and take you seriously. We love you and praise you and thank you and give you all the glory you're so good to us. Help us to be faithful to you. Help us, Lord. We need you. We can't do anything without you. Help us to have understanding. Put that salve on our eyes. So good to us. I want to read that to you. Here, verse 17, for you say, I am rich and I have prospered and grown wealthy, and I'm in need of nothing. That's how we act. That's what he's saying. And you and you do not realize that or understand that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Therefore I counsel you to be purchased from me gold refined and tested by fire, that you may be wealthy and in white clothes to clothe you and to keep you you from the shame and nudity of um, being seen and put salve on your eyes that you may see. We talked about this yesterday. And I just feel like he's prompting me to say it again. He puts that salve on your eyes so you can see the truth. So you can see the truth about yourself. And, and then it's just laid <clears throat> laid bare. You're, you're just before him saying, okay, go ahead, show me my fault and help me change it. And on that day when we get judged, when he comes, it's going to be like that. And what he wants me to emphasize is you want to do that now. Get on your knees now and let him show you yourself, the truth about yourself. Like when I was watching that video and seeing how selfish I was acting and talking. I'm still going to publish it. But, you know, I'm being transparent. I'm about me still. And I don't want to be about me. And he's helping me to not be about me. And when I hear myself talk like that, I'm just thinking, oh, I'm going to get more correction. But we want correction. We want to be right with him. We want to hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. We want to end that suffering that's going on. We want people to know the truth and that God is talking to us. And He and he's, he's beckoning us to do his work. It's not a choice. If you believe in him, then you're a partner with him, right? If you come into a marriage relationship You care about what your partner cares about. He cares about what you care about, and you're in it together. And Jesus is the bride, and he's looking, I mean the groom, and he's looking. We're the bride. He's looking for the bride without spot or wrinkle. He's looking for us to believe him enough to do and care about what he cares about. So I think this is a good word. I think it was really good. Thank you, Jesus. He's so good to us. If you said that prayer, I'd love it if you let me know. If you have any questions, I would love to help you. But get connected with him and ask him all the questions you want. And he is so faithful to answer them. And just remember, you might not recognize it as a direct answer, but if you're listening, he's going to bring you to that place where you're going to have that answer. Press down, shake it together, and running over If you say you're going to go for him, he's going to just start overflowing you with revelation and wisdom and direction. Do it. Do it now before it's too late. Do it now so no one has to suffer anymore. Thanks so much for listening today and God bless you.